Welcome to episode 156 of the Two on Three podcast, where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. I'm Ty, and you can find me joining the chorus of voices happily screaming fuck off forever on Twitter at SEATJK. And with me, as always, is Chris. Where can we find you boasting about the number of hamburgers you can eat, Chris? <laughs> you can find me at CD Villasenor talking about slider challenges. Sorry for the early F-bomb in the show, folks. Uh, <laughs> just, you know, it's that's how I feel. <laughs> It's cathartic. You gotta, you know, let's just, you know, let's get it out. Yeah, I mean, I got you know, two of the most hated men in my life are, are either left or I found out are leaving very soon. <laughs> I, I, of course, talking about a uh, Pac-12 commissioner Larry Scott, who's going to be le- leaving us in a scant five months. I like how, how how you said the two people I hate the most, and then you led with Larry Scott. <laughs> I don't need to mention the other one. I never I have just, to think about that motherfucker ever again. Hopefully, well, uh, well unfortunately, you'll have to. But but it's funny that that's who you like. That's that's who made the, that's who came out of your mouth first, which is pretty funny to me. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, it's uh, it's not a long overdue ejection of a grossly unfit leader, but we've got a great show for you this week. In segment one, we're taking a micro look at the criteria to be called butt rock, or is it cock rock? In segment two, we're going back to the neighborhood to see whether it's worth it to exchange contact info with your neighbors. And finally, in segment three, we're going to see if the definition of refinement, the process of removing impurities or unwanted elements from a substance, if you're asking, Mm -hmm. remains a positive influence when applied to the culture. Beyond the buzzer, it's back to the stupidest things ever said before we head to the OT to wonder if a veterinarian performs surgery on a tiger. Interact with the show on Twitter at 2on3pod or hit us up via email at at 2on3pod.com. You know how much we love to hear from you. But before we get to that, it's been 12 days since the Seattle Seahawks were eliminated from the NFL playoffs, and I have to ask you, Chris, does your wife care? <laughs> um, not, not particularly. Although, you know, we, we, uh, well, she, she does have a long-standing thing for Tom Brady, which I think is pretty common amongst sports. Basic. <laughs> sports people <laughs> me included i'm not gonna leave myself out of this so um there's been interest in the buccaneers and so and you know so that's uh that, that's been an easy bandwagon to hop on for me okay yeah well my wife has business interests in the chiefs franchise so suddenly she loves football <laughs> mm, there we go that, that, I mean, that's a i mean we all we all get into it for certain different directions right we all she, come to it she has always done a great job of humoring me <laughs> gearing up for the Seahawks mm-hmm. and maybe at some level she does have some level of emotion maybe her emotional investment is mostly tied to my emotional well-being with regard to the sporting <laughs> right. fandom right yeah yeah the more the Seahawks win the easier are you are to get along with yeah. and which makes her life easier probably yeah. yeah 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 but now I've actually seen what it's like to witness her be a fan because she really has a vested interest in the Chiefs continuing to win Nice. And it, it's just interesting to watch. I'm like, wait, great. So I live with I live with a Chiefs fan now. <laughs> the hell is this? My whole uh, my brother and his family they live in the Kansas City area, so they're uh, his wife grew up there, so they're 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 just all in Chiefs fans. So, well, how could um, you not be after? I mean, it's like where the way we were, you know, eight years ago. Yeah, I I feel the euphoria for them, but I definitely you know. They they could very easily lose this week, so Absolutely. we'll see if we'll see if the did you see the did you see the uh, sort of the 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 breakdown of the Patrick Mahomes chokeout? What they're calling they're, they're calling it a chokeout now because because he didn't hit his head like the dude's weird, arm right? gets wrapped around his neck and as they come down together like he squeezes him like a like a you know and because you're exerting so much energy like 
the oxygen just cuts off and I think he just he just chokes out like in that in that two seconds they're falling to the ground well it's I saw it called a brachial stun and it's actually like a martial arts technique oh, like to like, hit someone in that spot brachial stun I yeah. like the I like the term brachial stun <laughs> <laughs> and that's what it does it, it, it puts you on your ass like you're knocked out right so yeah. well let's hope it's just nerve damage I guess <laughs> well, let's just, well let's just hope it well if it is I don't know I don't know if the NFL will draw that sort of hard concussion like if you if your head got smashed and you had a concussion is that different than getting a brachial stun I mean is your brain in any better or worse shape I mean if you didn't get if it didn't get quote unquote concussed versus versus just I don't know the oxygen cut off yeah, to your probably. brain for yeah. whatever. I mean, I don't know the number of cells, you know, that die in either process. Right. So we'll see. They they have no chance without him. So let's hope uh, for, for TV's sake that he's able to play. Oh, I hope for all of our sake. Yes. Mm. All right. Well, with that, let's go to segment number one. All right. So in segment one, um, I came across. So I should step back. First of all. I'm embarrassed that I didn't realize that Nickelback was a Canadian band immediately when their very first like big single rhymed um, sorry, sorry with story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but speaking of Nickelback, <laughs> just out of, out of nowhere, I was reading an article about the Habs and uh, they, there's a player on their team who apparently loves Nickelback. And so when they won, he wanted to hear it in the, uh, in the locker room. And anyway, long story short, this article refers to Nickelback as the lowest of the low. It's an algorithm designed to spit out cock rock for 45-year-old suburban man on a motorcycle driving to his ex-wife's house. And now, regardless of how I feel about whether or not I agree with that assessment of Nickelback, maybe embarrassingly, I, 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 there are a few songs. It's one of those guilty pleasures for me. I'm like, don't tell anybody I like like these three Nickelback songs. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've never heard that kind of music called cock rock before. I hear what you're saying. It's yes. always been butt rock or I, I no butt rock. You know, it's just sort of mm-hmm. like this, this kind of creed, if you will, of folks who follow these bands that uh, just have this sort of, I don't know. I don't know how to put it. It doesn't make you work too hard. It's very accessible. How would you, how would you call it? It's like, it's, it's a, I mean, it is a form of pop. It's pop rock, right? It's, it's, it's heavy a form pop of pop. Rock. Yeah. Yes. It's heavy distortion, but it's pop. And, and of course, you know, for our Canadian rock authorities who listen to the show, <laughs> you know, I, Nickelback, there's nothing, there's nothing, I find nothing offensive about Nickelback. I mean, <laughs> let's, let's be clear. Nickelback has sold over 50 million records. You know, Chad Kruger is like, you know, he's, first of all, he has the best Les Paul custom signature model. Oh, I thought you were going to say best glass eye because I can never tell that it was fake. <laughs> Maybe. You know, he has a glass eye? I believe so. Oh, I didn't know that. Anyway, the, the Les Paul... Chad Kruger's signature model is the absolutely the best looking guitar. <laughs> that fair enough. That, okay, that's, that's a good that's compliment to give somebody. Yeah, that's and and well, and he was married to Avril Lavigne for like a hot minute. So is that a, is that a plus or minus? Are we plus or minusing him on this? Eh, whatever. Anyway, but I find nothing. I mean, I don't love them, but I find nothing offensive about 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 Nickelback. I mean, and I find nothing offensive about Creed either. And there's a <laughs> and. In fact, the guitar tone from My Sacrifice is maybe one of my favorite guitar tones in all of rock song 
history. It is well, so stinking good. I didn't bring this up to, to have a <laughs> to def, in defense of Creed conversation. No, I, but I but I but but what you're saying is like so. Butt rock, I think, is the pejorative, right? Is like because if you're really cut, if you're really slicing it, like there's nothing more butt rock than say Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi, yeah. Bon Jovi's yeah. very butt rock. If you're going, if you're, if we're slicing it this way, it's, it's very pop. It's very pop forward, and it's heavy on the, it's heavy on the guitar distortion, and it's heavy on the cliche, right? I mean, that's just, and in fact, because, and it's not hard for me to like jump from Bon Jovi being butt rock to parts of the Springsteen catalog being very much butt rock. I wouldn't know. I think Bruce Springsteen sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. But but see that. But it's the pejorative, right? No. Sure. I, okay. No, so you... I wanted to share with you the, um, the the quote from Matt Cameron of Soundgarden fame from 1991. And here's what he has to say about butt rock. Okay. He says okay. butt rock is just the stupidest basic three chord rock that you can possibly play, and it works with big crowds like this who don't know you as a band. And that's in the context of a tour. So. My problem with that, though, is that that sort of describes a band like Green Day that I think is decidedly not butt rock. No, they're they because they're more maybe punk inspired. They they sort of dodge the butt rock. They singing about something. Is that what you're yeah. saying? As well, no, but I'm just saying the style. Themes. I think the, I think the style of okay. Green Day um, keeps them away from the butt rock thing because you can, you wouldn't call like a simple plan butt rock or good Charlotte butt rock, even though. Ooh, maybe I think good Charlotte became butt rock <laughs> while they got, after they got popular. I think, yeah. yeah. But see, this is what I'm saying. You have to, it's a, it's a funny thing now because I grew up in the, in the eighties full of the, you know, the Motley crew poison, that crowd um, of glam rockers. That, I mean, that definitely is sort of a butt rock genre, right? Well, I think that it depends, the, right? Like I think that, well, I was gonna. I was about to group the crew in with Metallica and a whole bunch of people got mad at me, and that's not really fair either. So, yeah, it's, that's <laughs> but, a good actually but, comparison, right? So yeah, Metallica yeah, it, versus the crew. Yeah. So Motley Crue again. It's just it's it is what it is. It's not supposed to be. It's it's definitely pop forward. It's it's meant to be good time music mm-hmm. for the most part. Poison absolutely is meant to be good time music. Van Halen is meant to be good time music. Which and Van Halen could very easily be construed as as butt rock, but the but when you talk about sort of cock rock, if, <laughs> so this, that's a different. I think that's thing a different thing. I think it's a different. Okay. I think it. I think cock rock sort of is very more like sexual for like the joke I make about White Snake all the time is David Coverdale, he. He, you know, he named he, you know, he named his band after his penis, and all right. he does is sing songs about his penis, right? <laughs> Definitely, I mean, that is the very absolute apex of cock rock for me. It is that's a that's a good way to put it, right? And like Kiss, Kiss is a lot like cock rock. Kiss is very, it's very, you know, it's about it's about Paul Stanley's dick mostly. You know now, what I mean? Okay. Yes. No, I was going to, do you think that butt rock and the genesis of the term butt rock come, is it a cousin of like the butt cave? (laughs) (laughs) What is the butt cave? (laughs) I don't even even know what you're talking 
talking about? <laughs> Remind me not to go hiking with you. Because you're going to... I you're... can't collect myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So the bike cave is like basically any smallish room or self-contained area where young people have been congregating for too long. Oh, right. Right. <laughs> or maybe even one person. Right. Well, have to be a young like, person. Like my, like, person also. like my 11-year-old's room is a little bit of a butt cave. It's, Probably, I, yes. Yes, it is. It, there's no question about it. Um, you listen to butt rock in your butt. <laughs> 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 yeah, I think that there's there may be something to that. But, oh. the, but having... The the term butt rock is just it's it's just so dismissive, right? It's like it's like I'm sorry, but that's butt rock, and 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 I find Matt Cameron's quote to be wholly snooty. It's of like, course. come on, dude. It's like just just let it go. I just, I mean, what you're making some sort of great art. I mean, I don't right. really know what you. What are you doing? You know. So so anyway, I just. I think butt rock is. I think butt rock is just. It's fun music. It's pop forward. It's. It's sort of that distorted guitar. It's. It's. You know. It has that. It has that. It has. I. You. You know it when you see it, kind of a thing. Yeah, I mean, it's. You know, it's. And if if it's your favorite kind of music, you can enjoy it. But if you, if it's your favorite, if it's it's what you listen to and it's your brand, then mm-hmm. you are probably a butt head. And I think those things are also related. Sure, sure. And I might, and I might, and I, I would throw. I, you know, I was watching the the. I was watching the Foo Fighters, and I tell you, if the Foo Fighters isn't butt rock, I mean, come on. Hey now, <laughs> it is. Yes, you're, you're getting a little. That's, that's it. Absolutely, you're a, a little is. out of line here, sir. It absolutely is no, butt rock. It's oh, not. please. It, it is. It is. The Foo Fighters are great because it can. It, it it ranges both from head rock to butt rock. They they, they incorporate the entire. <laughs> anatomical structure of rock and roll yes but that's the thing i see if you want to have fun but you can't just say this shit like foo fighters is butt rock like this foo fighters is butt rock i just said <laughs> oh it. you're the worst it is it's true <laughs> it's true can can a can a can an act like that be so widely loved beloved and widely you know played that they don't that you don't sort of you know ascend <laughs> To, to the level of butt rock. Well, I like, think they established the, bona fides early on, right? And then they definitely got more commercial. Right. But I also think if you listen to the records they put out, it's still a, a large mix. Whereas like Nickelback, for instance, there's what you hear on the radio and then there's like the bad songs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really, I don't really have a feel for the deep track section of uh, All right, the, well then the I don't come out catalog. here with your slander then. <laughs> Dave Grohl is a national treasure. No, I will not I, accept your. I, no, I understand the. I understand the Foo Fighters, back, uh, deep track catalog. Right, but I, I don't, you don't understand have a Nickelback. proper frame of comparison. <laughs> don't just come out here definitely. winging these insults around. It's definitely. It's, see, it's not an insult. It's just his butt rock. Well, clearly, I perceive it as an insult, which says something about me. <laughs> well, all right. Well, I apologize for the the. I'm, the, the long recording of us laughing, which isn't really great podcasting, but I just <laughs> lost my shit. All right. Segment number two. All right. In segment two, we love to talk about our neighbors around here and people in our neighborhood, in our neighborhood. And nothing better than when two of my favorite things combine or collide maybe is better in this case, because I've got for you a compendium of texts purportedly sent from neighbor to neighbor. 
And I know that you have talked before on the show about you have a relationship with your neighbors and that mine is mostly like a lightweight cold war in all directions. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I'm wondering, do you have your neighbor's contact information? Um, I have some, I have some email addresses and phone numbers. Yes. Okay. But God forbid if one of those folks texted me, I don't know how I'd feel about it. (laughs) So that's never happened. No, it hasn't. And we have a, we have the kind of neighborhood when the weather gets nice and people start walking around like Mm -hmm. in the streets with their dogs and stuff. Yeah. We see people, we talk and, and that's, but during the winter time, we're all like shut into our houses and nobody, nobody's really, nobody's really mixing and mingling. Right. My wife texts a little bit with a woman across the street. Their kids are of a similar age, and mm. you know, just I, I don't, not so much since you know the plague, but right. before and the I don't know the kids would come over and play and stuff like that. Anyway, long uh, to get back into the topic, I have like I said some texts here that I wanted to share with you and get your impression on how you would handle these situations, and you can I guess decide which person you'd rather be. Um, doesn't really matter. So we're gonna start with uh, Ryan, who texts our recipient here. Ryan texts, "Hey, are you over your breakup yet?" And then we text back, I don't know why. Ryan says, I thought maybe you'd like to go get a burrito with me. Not really hungry. Then can I borrow 20 bucks? I don't have any cash and I need a burrito. (laughs) Ryan can fuck off. (laughs) First of all. Looking for a date and then some also free food. (laughs) Will you take me on a date? Says Ryan. (laughs) Says Ryan. It reminds me of this old joke. I mean, you know, this old joke where it's like, uh, hey, can I borrow 50 bucks for groceries? It's like, well, how do I know you're not going to take that money and go gambling? It's like, well, I got gambling money. So, right. So Ryan needs burrito money. He just, he should just have burrito money. Okay. If, if he's, if, if this is if his deal, but. Right. That's the, I have money, but not for you. Right. But yeah. where's he buying $20? First of all, you can't be broke and ask 20 bucks to go buy burritos. That's like a burrito and two beers, right? 20 yeah, bucks. He's going to get a six pack on the way back. Because <laughs> I was just at Chipotle Top Lay. And I, I don't think I, I mean, spent twenty Ch- bucks on that. Isn't Chipotle like fourteen dollars if you get like a burrito and a drink? Maybe I, th- I think you're into it for more than ten bucks, so he probably <laughs> just wanted a twenty. <laughs> That's rude. First, especially since he's leading with, "Are you over your breakup yet?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's got to see how far he can get, how far he can take this. You know, this is. I mean, this this leads me to the. I'm kind of glad that I wasn't single in a texting culture. Mm. Like we had cell phones, but it was the early days of cell phones, and nobody really texted each other. I don't even know if we could text. Maybe we could, but it was like T9, T9 texting. Mm-hmm. Like nobody was nobody was doing that. You just called. That okay, was the, yeah, more that or less. Was, that was the deal in the the mid to late nineties. If you had a cell phone, you just called each other. I don't know. By the time I was in my early twenties, it was mostly texting, and then didn't it was actually not. Yeah, that but bad. after maybe after about two thousand, like once they started integrating some, like you know. You had your Samsung Blackjack, which was one of my favorite phones of all time. But what's negative to you about dating during a texting uh, period? Being single and like having to just, I just don't, I don't know. I think there was, there's something about having to pick up the phone and talk to somebody that was, that was, and plus they couldn't get at, no, good. (laughs) No, off-putting. No, 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 no. And then they, and then they couldn't get at you, right? Like if they called you and you didn't answer and like went to voicemail, like, like texting is very, like it's in your court now. You know what I'm saying? You can dodge people if they're trying to call you, but you can't dodge people when they're texting you. It's like, well, you have your phone. Well, Text I have me the back stones to ignore them, I, like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm glad I didn't have the, to deal with uh, neighbors or or um, potential uh, dating uh, targets via text. I just, 
it doesn't seem doesn't seem fun. I feel bad for the kids these days. All right. Well, next we have um, uh, Melissa, who's going to text us about. Uh, we obviously live in an apartment building with Melissa. I'm just mm-hmm. going to decide that I am the person receiving the texts. That's okay. how we're going to do this. All right. So Melissa texts us. I guess not. Not me. Us. Okay. M- Melissa says, "Please don't take this the wrong way, but we don't always have to say hi in the halls." Not trying to be mean, but sometimes I just want to come home and not be bothered or get to where I'm going without having to catch up. Can we just be more like acquaintances, like just a nod for hello and leave it at that? And we respond, now I'm in an awkward position because if all we do is nod, I shouldn't really even respond to this, right? Anyway, consider me nodding while simultaneously giving you the finger. (laughs) I don't blame Melissa, although I think that she's gone about this entirely the wrong way. Yeah, just stop saying hi and nod. No, just do just, be the model the behavior you want. Right, just just come in, just come in and say if we're if you pass through the hallway, Melissa, just say, hey, and we'll be like, hey, what's up? And then you say not much, and then you just go in your apartment. It's fine. You just don't stop walking. Right, never stop. Right. Like don't a shark. St- <laughs> <laughs> but if you'd like to chat, go ahead and stop and chat. But nobody's making you. We're, there's no no one is forcing you to chat ever. I think we're missing some context here. It sounds to me like perhaps we were, I don't want to say harassing Melissa, but perhaps too much in her space. Maybe. Yeah. And that's, and that, you know, if I, you know, that's the thing. It's like, fine. You know, just say fine and then keep moving. Yeah. And I will get the hint. I'm that idiot. Well, a lot of people are. And uh, it also depends how hot Melissa is. (laughs) Many men have been coached that, Persistence is a high, is a, is a, is a desirable I learned it. I learned it from a French skunk, you may know. Like a skunk rapist. <laughs> what a terrible. All right. Next. Um, all right. I don't know who this came on. This one came anonymously. They blocked their number already. Um, so weird question, but hear me out. Would it be okay if I borrowed your daughter for like an hour? I'll be responsible. I just want to impress a girl who has a kid. And we replied by borrowing someone else's child. Well, she won't know that. So you want to impress her by lying? Yes. No, absolutely not. You can't borrow the child. <laughs> this is the plot of About a Boy. And if I was trying to impress Rachel Vice, I would damn well sure you'd loan me your kid. <laughs> and well, you would. You'd do it. You'd do it. Here's what I would do. Here's, here's what Do happen. I know you? I mean, <laughs> of course you know me. You have, I'm texting you. We're at least well, friends. All right. First, you have to trust me with your kid. Uh, if your kid's like five or six, you know, when I trust my five or six I have people who I know that have raised other children that I don't trust. With <laughs> this would have to be a very, this would have, to, I would have to like at least be kind of around. Mm. I would like, let's do a setup. If you're going to meet her in the park, I will hang out in the part of the park where I can see you. And then you can, you can try to dupe this woman into, uh, into dating you. Using my child, using my adorable child. Look at how well I babysit. I know. I mean, that's the marriage material. (laughs) And again, if it's Rachel Weiss, you have absolutely my blessing to use my child to try to date her. Okay. All right. Next, we have a a neighbor complaining. Are you seriously vacuuming at 1.40 a.m.? I am indeed vacuuming, but not too seriously. I've smiled a few times, even did a booty shake. What the fuck? I'm not asking about your mood. It's late and disruptive. Well, I'm almost done. Please stop. I have to be up at six. Imagine it's a sound machine. Whoosh, you're getting sleepy. Just stop. It's late and it's rude. So sleepy. I would I would leave my apartment. I would go upstairs. I would kick in their door. 
and I would smash that vacuum cleaner over their head. You're going to go to jail. At 1.40 in the morning? You're not going to get a pardon from Trump. In a <laughs> in an apartment building? Vacuuming at 1.40 in the morning? I came home drunk holy, once. Holy shit. Cranked up the, my amp and thought my headphones were plugged in. Oh. <laughs> and started playing my bass. Oh. At like 2.30 in the morning. Mm. The downstairs neighbors banged loudly on the ceiling. Uh, that, uh, yes. Well, I, mean, I, that, and I immediately, it's funny, to my reaction was like, Immediately turn it off, shut off all the lights, and jump into bed. <laughs> like, <laughs> wasn't yeah, me. it won't know it's me. Wasn't it me. won't know it's you. And it was just a mistake. I just, I was drunk. That's, and I that's a mistake. That is a mistake. I get that. But, but in the, in the context of this particular text string, like, the person's just being an ass. Like, can you please don't, please, please not, can you please not vacuum? Sorry, I know you're sleeping. I'll turn, you know, fine. Sorry. My bad. Instead, this person's all trying to be cute about it. It's like no, turn off the goddamn turn off the goddamn vacuum. What if they work? They work nights and they have they have to vacuum before they have what? to. Go to, I don't know. I'm trying to come up with a plausible reason <laughs> you'd be vacuuming at one forty in the morning. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, I don't know. It's just get a Roomba and it'll vacuum for you when you know in the middle of the day when you're you know not around. That's what you should do. All right, and the last one for this week. This is just a single standalone text. Hey, it's your tech store neighbor. Just wanted to let you know that it's Monday and you got this. Thumbs together, hands up emoji. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to swear to so, you for that. Sounds like, sounds like it's something you get your ass kicked for, I think, is <laughs> what uh, that text is. Somebody sent me a text like that. I think they get their ass kicked. <laughs> I mean, come on. I don't need inspirational texts from like my text door neighbor. This is the one where it's like, man, I'm really regretting like swapping numbers with you. <laughs> Blocked. Yeah. I'd be like, uh, I'm blocking you. If you ever do this again, I'm blocking your number. I don't care. It's well, not cool. I have a lot of these. So I think we'll have to come back to this. I might even <laughs> have to make a drop. <laughs> this is sort of like a this is sort of like a funny version of uh like a like am I the asshole? A little bit. Yeah, yeah. Got, it makes it like a one act play. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I I find I don't like to I don't want to bother people. I don't like text people unless I have like a purpose. I don't like do the whole sup yo, you've got this. I'm I'm here for you kind of a thing. It's like you know what you know if you need me, I'm here for you. But I'm, you don't need me to remind you about that, do you? Yeah, I'm much more of a. I ain't reading all that, but I'm happy <laughs> for you. Sorry that happened. <laughs> Let's go to segment three. All right, in segment number three, I found a thing. Oh, so I, I remember that I got... So Warner Brothers recently redesigned their logo. Have you seen it? So they've made it to look more like an app logo. Like everything looks sort of nothing, you know, because it, it used to be kind of a pop-looking thing, right? Uh-huh. The big sh- the shield. They flattened it now. There's no there's no depth to it. It's a single color. Oh, okay. Um, it's way easier for them to... Uh, to incorporate into credits of movies now because they don't have to do all of the work to animate it and everything else. <laughs> right, right. It used to be that the gold and the golden yeah. blue thing, and now it's just flat. I got it. All right. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, and I got caught up reading a thread about people bitching about logo changes like that because mm-hmm. everything is sort of starting to look like that. I mean, it boiled down to like, you know, nostalgia grief, that thread. People like, sure. Why do things look different? It makes me mm-hmm. upset. Um, <laughs> but. 
I was wondering, you know, it, it, it brought me to this other thing where it talked about refinement culture, which is essentially what this is, that they, you cannot, we've reached a point, much like late stage capitalism, where we can no longer innovate, we can only refine. Right. And it's something I've actually written about before in our show doc that we've never really talked about is, is it still possible to like invent shit? Like, or is that just, you know, how, how almost impossible is that now? Um, or is innovation slowly dying? Anyway, I sent you this article about refinement culture. And for me, I, I have a problem with some of these things because I don't mind like the, the graphic design stuff so much because it's just, it, if it loads faster, that's better for us. Sure. Um, sure. And, the, and this stuff, and, and again, people, tastes, you know, are cyclical. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So what works for us today might not work for us in five to 10 years, right? Things, you know, the aesthetic changes, somebody will do something Somebody will make a change that everybody oohs and ahs about, and then people will sort of migrate toward that, and then it'll sort of it'll, it works. It just kind of works that way. Yeah, but in the first example um, in this article that were offered as sports, right? The idea of uh, basketball being all layups and threes, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. Baseball, the more specialization might you know whether or not that's killing the game. The idea that you know uh, in the seventies an at bat took two minutes, and now an at bat is up to almost four minutes. Or, I'm yeah. sorry, not, not an at-bat. Uh, the time between balls in play. Oh, right. Right, right, right So right. the time between somebody actually making contact and putting a ball legally into play, it used to be like a minute and a half, and now it's like almost four minutes before somebody yeah. gets a base. And I think well, that's killing the game. Yeah, the, I mean, for, for in these two examples, I mean, this is, these are two just prime examples of how data collection really affects the, you know, our lives. And we Absolutely. talked about, we've talked about big data in the past, but the, um, but when you have so much information, it's easier for you to develop strategies to optimize your game theory, right? Uh-huh. And it just didn't make it just from a percentage standpoint, it just doesn't make any sense to shoot the mid-range jumper. Sure. You know, your percentages go down, the rewards aren't as good, you might as well just shoot the three. So people so so teams train that way. They you know, the strategies turn in that way. And it's you know, it's not particularly fun to watch. Uh-huh. <laughs> You know, so because I've tried to watch some basketball, and yeah, it's just like that. It's either it's like a driving layup or dunk or three. There's very little little character in the game anymore, and I think that that's has started to now have a negative impact on basketball. I still love basketball, but I don't care about watching it nearly as much. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's same thing happened. Remember when MMA first started? When UFC first started, it was like there were half a dozen styles of fighting and now all MMA kind of looks the same. Well, yeah. When MMA first started, it was the Kumite. So yeah, right. it was much better. <laughs> it was so much fun. Like yes. you had all kinds of different styles of fighting, right. but now all MMA looks the same because over the, over the course of the last 20 years, they figured out that, you know, you can't just do, you know, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. You have to, you have to be able to strike. You have to right. be able to kick, you know, the boxers, don't I mean you have to you you have to have a mixed martial arts kind of a Correct. an approach to and it. It used to be yes that the mixed was the different kinds of martial arts the guys were practicing and now it's that you have to know them all. Right now yeah. now the style of fighting is mixed not the it's not yeah so yeah. that's I mean again it's like you know when people are successful other people who are participating also want to be successful so they start looking into it you know perfect example of that is golf. Right. People just decided through the data and it was true that the farther you drove the ball, regardless of where it lands, you're better. You're better off. Like, you know, to hit the ball 50, 60 yards farther, 
you know, even if it isn't in the fairway, is an advantage. So golf is starting to look different now. Everybody, you know, at the PGA Tour level, everybody has to hit it absolutely as far as they can. Of course, the extreme example being Bryson DeChambeau. I, I think that's easily legislated against, though, in the same way that in baseball, the shift is now, you know, basically de- defense has reacted to home runs only and all this other stuff, right? Yeah, it's, it's I, and I didn't mind the shift either because, I mean, that, again, it's just smart. That's within the sport. You can't yeah. legislate the shift out of baseball. But in golf, right. I feel like you just need to make the target smaller. If you're going to make – if these guys are going to insist on doing this, yeah, then you've got to make the landing zone impossible. And, yeah. Okay, I mean, but that's they can they can adjust for it, but it still won't change the fact that the the there's a huge advantage to hitting it, you know, hitting it farther. And I was you know I was watching <laughs> I was watching figure skating, the U.S. Figure Skating Championships mm-hmm. uh, last week, and again it's just this you know remember I remember when there used to be some artistry to it. <laughs> there's no artistry to it now. It's, just it's like, go out there and just crank out, you know, as many, tr- like for the women's, like, can you do all the triples? Can you do, and then I think even some of them are doing quads. Like, I think the, I think the Russian, uh, not, not the U.S., <laughs> not the U.S. skaters, but international skaters, the Russians in particular, like, I think they have some women doing quad toe loops, which is well, just ridiculous. But is that but, better I mean, though? Is it more fun to watch? No, I, it's it. It's just this. It's just they basically skate forward, jump a bunch, skate backward, jump a bunch, do some spins, and then end. I mean, there's no, there's no, there's no program anymore. You know what I mean? There's no, there's no point in it. It's again, it's just all about this, this the athletic endeavor of jumping and spinning. Like that's 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 the sport now. It's not. It has. I think it has very little to do with artistic you know there's no artistic impression anymore that's they they even took the scores out so right? there's no artistic merit and technical merit anymore. <laughs> they don't even care anymore it's just like do the jumps i agree with you that that tastes are cyclical but i don't know that sports if it's recoverable because that was actually where i was going with this was this idea that we're sort of refining the character out of everything in particular our sporting events where it's like there is a way to be the most successful and i am all for maximum output or maximum results you know, with a process that works, mm-hmm. but there at some point, if it's an entertainment product, you know, are, are, are we, even the things going back to the logos are, is, are we refining the character out of things to be just wild? I mean, are we, are we, are we shifting from the Elysium timeline to the demolition man timeline? <laughs> right. here. Where everything is, uh, yeah, probably. I mean, that's the, you know, that's the people, it's funny how people, I think, let me work through this thought, that people want to be differentiated, but they don't want to stand out so much, right? So they want to, like, if you had two things, if you had basically two cars that look essentially the same, like, someone will just buy the more expensive one to okay. differentiate themselves, yeah. even though the two cars look very similar, right? But I have the more expensive one <laughs> for some other reason. I have the brand... That's more expensive, even though like Mercedes Benz's at this point don't look particularly nice anymore. I don't know. There's just something about them that they just look really generic. But they have a they have the logo on them, so people buy them. But yeah, I, John Ham keeps telling me they're the best or nothing, and I'm like, the best of what? <laughs> the best of what? Yeah, which exactly. one of these is the best? Yeah, they've been refining that, and it's like, okay, I get it. But you know, if you're gonna make a car that's efficient, like it has a certain shape to it, right? Mm-hmm. Because 
because the scientists, all the engineers have sat down and said, well, if you want the most fuel efficient car, it has to be kind of shaped like this. Right. You can't get away from, you can't get away from that. So now all the cars are kind of shaped like that. Well, we're doing the same thing with cultural beauty, right? Like fashion, makeup. It's like people are pushing the boundaries all the time, but uh, people as a whole are, are, are doing the same thing. I guess they maybe always have to some extent been doing the same thing. It just seems to me like, I don't know what we're losing exactly because things aren't worse. They're just less interesting. Yes. I mean, that's the, you know, there's, there are, well, I mean, if you look at your typical Kardashian, right. Who's considering, considering people who've been refining themselves, like <laughs> refining a look. They, that, they, that, there's a recent commercial with Khloe Kardashian. Khloe, like, yes. That's a completely different person than the, the person that I was introduced to <laughs> originally, like on, whenever they first started the show. Like 15 years ago. Yeah, like, like that's, no. a di- that's a completely different person. I don't know who that person. Uh, yeah. That, but again, like attractive, but not, but sort of obviously the, obviously the work has gone in, right? It has, it's not, there's no, there's no, there's no interesting part about, about the way she looks. Right. That's to me, it's, you know, it's, it's just a, you know, they always say the best nose job is the first nose job. Right. That's the one that, that, but once you get beyond that, once you get beyond the first nose job. Oh, you mean, I thought you meant like ever, like that's the only good one. The very first one that anyone ever got. No, no, no. No, The first one, the first one someone gets, that first one is always the best one. Well, there's definitely a tipping point on this specifically where it becomes obvious that your nose is reconstructed. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, yeah, your face you want- is your face becomes like a construction of of yeah, it's it's like it's optimized. Right. And you can tell that it's been optimized. Right. Like there's this uh there's a sports there's a sports sideline reporter named Melanie Collins. Are you familiar with Melanie Collins? I don't believe so. All right. If you look up Melanie Collins, you'll see very like the engineers took extreme care with Melanie Collins. Like they gave her like the scientifically perfect everything like her face is perfectly symmetrical blonde hair she's got blue eyes you can tell like where the where they where the work went and she's certainly very attractive but but to your point about refinement it's obviously the engineers took the measurements of of perfection and applied those to her face Hmm. and um and yeah, and it's it's and it's slightly it's slightly off putting, but I'm there. I'm I'm kind of I'm also like fascinated. Like sometimes you know, like I follow her on Instagram, and sometimes I'll look at her and just be like, "Huh, <laughs> great." I just not really. I mean, I I do. I find. I mean, her more She's than still anyone. A person, I find man. Fat. <laughs> she is, and I yeah, I get it. She works in a visual medium. And, you know, it's important to be attractive if you work on a visual medium. I get that. Sure. I get that. And, and, uh, and, but I, you're, but to your point, like, it's not her, she, her face isn't interesting. Sure. Okay. You know, that's the, you know, I think that, that, that's the, you know, there's a certain, you know, there's a certain magic to what, you know, what quote unquote God gives you. Well, I think that and specifically, if what you're doing is constantly chasing the ideals of Western beauty, you are essentially genericizing yourself because it's about basic symmetry and no deviation from the norm. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the last point I was going to make was about when you butt up against it, which like Apple famously did with the iPhone 6, where the phone was too thin and it'd been all about how thin can we get it? How big of a screen and how thin? 
mm-hmm. and people are having it bend in their pockets and the glasses <laughs> crack. Like people are freaking out. Yeah, so you bump up against it, and I'm hopefully, I guess, I'm hoping we reach that inflection point at some point for sports, where whether it's, but I'm, I'm concerned it's going to be driven by economics, and that's going to take a lot longer to learn that lesson, right? Than something I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the yeah. I think that I think that sports, there's just so much money in it, and there's so much there's so much like focus on the players and making stars successful mm-hmm. to drive, you know, to drive interest and to drive commerce. For those for those uh, for those sports that another problem that baseball has they don't like yeah. the personalities yeah and so it's uh, I I don't know I think it may be I think I think sports in general might be too far down the road for for it to get interesting to the point where it was mythical and magical I mean I think right. when when you know in the early days of sports you know how people used to talk about how it being mythical and magical I don't think we're ever gonna that's never gonna happen again it's it's we're well past that no I can feel this sort of creeping sense of, I'm not sure how much longer I'm going to care about these things Mm -hmm. when I'm like watching it on TV now. Yeah. No, it's the same thing with movies and entertainment and stuff like that for me too, where the mythical magical is we're so far beyond it that, you know, I don't think I'm ever going to get it back. And I don't, and, and you know, my kids are my, you know, my daughter especially is finding things that she's really passionate about from an entertainment standpoint and that are, that are off the beaten path for me. Like she's discovering her own stuff. And I just, I just want to leave her alone. It's like, I don't want to talk to her about it. It's like, just enjoy it for being mythical and magical for as long as you can. And then someday and someday, you know, those things will mean something to you. And the things that, that are happening when you're 50 years old, won't mean as much to you. And it'll be great. At least you'll have the ability to go back to those things and, and enjoy them again. Yeah, I don't need the mythical and magical, I think, for my TV entertainment. I, I actually like that there is a solid move toward just tell me a really good story that mm-hmm. has a start and a finish. It's almost like you're growing old and then TV has actually become like a good novel, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's that's more what I want from it anyway. So <laughs> Movies movies much more so than TV. Yes. But sure. movies, you know, when I was a kid, movies were mythical and magical. For sure, for sure. And, uh, and just, and now you just see the 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 commerce oozing out of it which is which is not so great <laughs> all the time all right well that's the end of our regular segments and you might by now know what this part of the show is are you stupid or something are you crazy or just plain stupid are you stupid or something stupid is stupid does sir it's the stupidest things ever said woo Woo, huh? I don't know. <laughs> All right. This comes from uh, soccer manager Carlos Cabal on his team's modest budget. We have money for sardines, and I'm thinking lobster. I will do my best to try and bring in the best players. I will look at the look to the lobsters and sea bass, but if not, we must buy sardines. But sometimes the sardines can win games. <laughs> <laughs> he, he lost control of that metaphor. I don't think it's stupid. I think, I think it's genius. <laughs> Sometimes the sardines can win games. If you're I mean, hungry. I mean, nobody goes zero for, oh, that's not true. People do. Yeah. <laughs> Teams do. Uh, this is some bad excuses for missing work. I broke my arm wrestling a female bodybuilder. I don't. All right. I had to reschedule a new manicure because some of my artificial nails fell off. My dog swallowed the car keys, so I'm waiting until they come out. None of those are believable. 
Actually, I think the, the can you not come to work with uh, if your if your finger if your if your fingernails fall off? That's not a question I can answer. <laughs> I don't know. I think you should come to work. Probably. Even if your even if your false if you've, even if your artificial fingernails fall off. Or we could have a healthier work culture in this country where it's okay to take personal time because shit happens. Well, that's true. I mean, if you call them sick, it's all this. All right, here's a warning label on a safety harness that says, Warning, check this tag. If not found, do not use the harness, <laughs> as it has already arrested a fall. <laughs> Look for the missing tag. If this tag is missing, please do not use. Yes. That's a, you know, there's that whole thing where every, every, every warning label is, there's a story behind every warning label. Right. 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 Yeah. That's a, this is just a poorly executed. Well, they just need to make sure that you're never only having the one harness. (laughs) The harness must always be accompanied by another. Right. All right. I don't, you know, that I even understand this one. So this is a translation mistake. It says actual dialogue, ladies and gentlemen, madame and messieurs. And the subtitle on the screen says, ladies and gentlemen, banana new shoe. <laughs> Madame. I don't know. Messieurs. I don't know. I, I should don't know. look this one up. See, when I don't know what they are, I should look them up. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure there's a, the whole world is full of like bad subtitling, I'm sure. Yeah. I don't think. See, this is why I'm concerned. I, 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 we're going to have to call an audible here in January and move on from this. It's not going well. <laughs> All right. Uh, The majority of Americans aren't Democrats or Republicans. The majority of Americans are Americans. (laughs) That person probably won their election. That was (laughs) Seattle's own Howard Schultz. This this last. Oh, my God. Presidential cycle. That's uh, boy, Howard. That was a that was actually a fun kind of week and a half where he was where he was wanting to be uh part of that part of that uh presidential race he got to learn a whole lot in a short amount of time about how much he did not know about the actual world (laughs) that was amazing you know i think very few things will make you look stupid as like naively venturing into politics man you get undressed quick don't be a rich guy who never has people around or who has people around you that never disagree with you and then go yeah I should run the country. I should go ahead and just run for public office at this point. Like, ooh. And what is Aleppo? (laughs) It's a deep cut for those of you who might remember 2016. All right, next we've got, we've spoken to a few of these irate short stayers about their grievances. Tim McEldrew, who asked to to remain anonymous, has a house in Port Salon. (laughs) That's from an Irish newspaper, and that makes me wonder if there's like, yeah, no, sorry, Tim. they're just fucking with it. Yeah. They're just like, let's like, if you're going to, if you're going to, if you're going to, uh, if you're going to talk shit, we're going to out you. Yeah. I mean, he probably did the whole thing where he exchanged a bunch of emails and then at the end was like, Oh, by the way, this is anonymous. Like, that's not how it works. Right. Do you, so if you're, let's say you were on 60 minutes and they, and they, and they gave you the, the backlight, the silhouette and the mm. voice cover. And I was watching 60 minutes. Do you think I would know it was you? I'd be like, I think that's Ty. <laughs> I wonder, I mean, like for people who really know you. I, when you see if, those things, it, it seems like if they really knew you, they would they'd have right, some idea. Right. I think you just have plausible deniability, though. Sure. But 
you know, there's the way people talk or there's the way people like there's there's a bunch of nonverbal stuff. I just make sure to be really weird. <laughs> but I'm sure you would say something. I'd be like, I think that's Ty. Did he say you better not mention that again? Yeah. All right. Next, last we have sportscaster Barry Wilkinson. You don't fight fire with fire. You fight water with fire. Wait, wait, what? You don't fight fire with fire. You fight water with fire. Now, clearly, he must have meant to say you fight fire, fire with, with water. water. But mm-hmm. either way. What do you fight water with? This is a good question. Moses? <laughs> the power of God. That's yeah, right. That'll do it. Hot, hot heat. Hot, hot heat. Can you make it evaporate <laughs> fast enough? Hot, know. hot heat. <laughs> Let's go to the overtime. Overtime. Oh, in the overtime, you want to talk about Tiger's back. All right, Tiger, Tiger Woods just underwent his fifth back surgery last week. Mm. He's 46 years old. That sounds right. Five back surgeries. I mean, I mean, I know we all love to watch the Tiger Woods play golf. No, he play just the turned golf. 45. And it was great that he won the Masters yes. in 2019. And we're all thrilled about that. But man, this is this has got to be, this has got to be getting close to done. Like, I, I don't know if I would want, I, you know, I, I'm just trying to think like how hurt would I have to be to like give it up? Like I've been hurt a couple of times uh-huh. and I've rehabbed through it. I mean, I've never had to have surgery, but then again, I don't play it for a living. So I just play it cause I enjoy it. Uh-huh. But, but at some point, like when do you stop? Like I gave up snowboarding uh-huh. this year just because not because I couldn't do it anymore. It's just that, that the last few times I went, like when you go a certain speed, uh-huh. nowadays like as you get older you, and you go to engage your body to like like do those things like your body just doesn't respond and then wrecking becomes a bad thing like it's right. not something you like you don't just pop up anymore <laughs> like you wipe out and you go oh god i gave up snowboarding a couple of years ago i think i've told this story when i just ate ice into the ribs and i was sore for a week and i was like yeah i'm never doing that again this is it this is it so it's easy to retire from that i mean do you have and skis to fall back on? Because I just went back no, skis. So. No, I don't. I don't. I just See, I went I'm, back to skis and I was like, oh, I'm better at this anyway. It's fine. Now I'm just a, now I'm just the snow driver. I'm just the driver. I drive the children hang out to the, the lodge. And, and, and walk around a little bit. And then you can't hang out in the lodges anymore. Oh, right. Due to the COVID. We have this thing called the COVID. Yeah, I've heard. Uh, I actually don't know anything because I just stay in the house. <laughs> and then I, I, I usually just walk around a little bit. Just, you know, absorb up the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I go back to the car and then I... Then I, uh, you know, then I read, I read, I read some books and then I throw snowballs as she's, you know, from the, with your wrong hand, with the, my wrong hand and my snowball, ma- how awesome is the snowball maker? It's pretty but great. It's pretty great. And then, but you know, I just think Tiger's like, at some point Tiger's just not going to have the mental, like he's not going to have the willpower to say, I just, I'm going to rehab this up so I can play at a certain level again. It's just gotta be, it's gotta be close to over. You would think. I mean, I've definitely heard that from other athletes that it's not the seasons, it's the the recovery time, the amount of work it takes to get your body to a point where it will respond for a full season of whatever sport you're playing. Um, and that it just becomes harder and harder. And the recovery is longer and longer. And every time you get hurt, that's another 
you know, massive setback. And I don't know what his recovery time on this. I know he said he wanted to be back for the Masters, which is three months away, right? I don't see that happening. Um, it depends on, again, I don't know how serious it was, whatever. I, but I'm with you. If you're in your mid-40s and, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I remember being young enough to do, like, wreck softball in an air cast. Like, what a dumbass that is. Like, <laughs> could you be stupider? Like, they don't need you that bad. Nobody's gonna, nothing happens if you're not there. <laughs> Like they might lose, but you might lose anyway. So who cares? Right. But I'm gonna play because I'm gonna I'm gonna nut up and right? play play this sport because they need me. See refinement culture. Be smart enough not to hurt yourself <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> what are we doing? I know that's. I just I, you know, this is this is the uh, this is one of those things where as as sports fans or whatever, as you get older and you see people in the you know famous people, they all get older too, and then. Then of course their kids start playing, and then <laughs> then their kids start getting older. Like the other day, it's like someone, you know, how old is Steph Curry now? Oh, already in his like early thirties. Yeah, <laughs> right. Just like wait a minute, how did yeah. Steph Curry? How's he like thirty three years old now? We talked about this with Jennifer Lawrence the other week, where it's like I know. she's I've... like thirty now, and she got famous when she was nineteen, and that seems I impossible. I know. <laughs> I've been but... an adult this whole time. How's this? How's this happen? <laughs> how does this work? <laughs> but um. But I do. I feel bad. I feel bad for him because I, you know, just just like any just like anybody, you know, we want to we want to do the things that make us happy, and and unfortunately, you know, time catches up with with all of us. So it's just a, another stark reminder that we're all people, and none of this is permanent. <laughs> <laughs> How did I get to be the dark cloud on this on this episode? I know. Maybe see, you don't like happy things. It was a no, good day for so many people over there. And I just need to balance it out. I guess so. Maybe. All right. Anything else about Tiger? Did you watch the documentary? Um, I, you know, I, I started to watch it. I watched about the first 10 minutes of it. And I realized that I just didn't have the will to sit through a, just a, a depressing like hit piece on Earl Woods. Essentially. I just was, I wasn't prepared for it. I, 10 minutes into it, I knew what it was going to be, and yeah. I'd read enough about it, what it's going to be, and I just was like, can I watch something? I need to watch something else. I need to watch something a little lighter. Uh, did you get to the part where that's been memed, where he says, I, I want to go poop? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. So it's a child, apparently. So. Got it. All right. Well, with that, maybe we can, if we both can ever get ourselves to get through that, because I started it and didn't finish either. Um, we can talk about it at some point in the future. Yeah. But for now, that's our show. Our thanks to all of you for listening to the Two on Three Pod, where there's a chance it's a brand new day in America. If you don't already, please subscribe and a review via your favorite podcast provider. And don't be shy about sharing your thoughts and suggestions for the show. We'll be back next week with more pop culture, life strategies, and existentialism. And until then, peace. peace.